America was founded on protest and violent civil disobedience. However, many people argue that nonviolent protests are the only thing that works. Is this true? What are the differences between the types of protest? Find out in this episode of OK, But Why. Okay, But Why, a podcast where I look into and discuss the past and present conditions and status of today's most pressing topics to try to figure out what they're really about and why anyone should even care. Today, I will be exploring the history of protests and their levels of effectiveness. What forms of protest are there? Are violent or nonviolent protests more effective in achieving the goals of those protesting? And of course, why should we care? Keep listening to learn more. From the Underground Railroad to Malcolm X and the Black Panther Party, Black Americans have used protest wildly throughout history to try to fight for the rights they deserve, but were not granted legally. Although there are hundreds of years of history to discuss, I'm going to start with the Civil Rights Movement moving into modern protests. The Civil Rights Movement is best known for its nonviolent protests and approaches of civil disobedience to try to facilitate change. However, Is this because it worked better, or because this is the narrative people want to push to discourage violent forms of protest? We will explore this later. First, I will be discussing peaceful forms of protest. These include the Montgomery bus boycotts, the Greensboro sit-ins, and the freedom rides across the Deep South. Led by civil rights activists, the most notable of whom being Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., these peaceful methods of civil disobedience were met with violence from police and white Southerners in opposition to integration. This was the intention of these protests. While those fighting for civil rights of course didn't want people to get hurt, they knew that if they were undeniably peaceful and still met with violence, they would be able to bring more people to their side. These peaceful protesters trained to take violence without reacting. When word would spread of innocent, peaceful protesters being attacked by police officers and other civilians, leaders would be forced to side with them. Despite the protesters themselves being peaceful, They sometimes had to be protected by armed members of the National Guard or federal marshals. One example of this is the Little Rock Nine, a group of students who had to be escorted into Little Rock Central High School by federal troops. They continued to be harassed. This also happened with Ruby Bridges, the first African-American student to attend a previously white-only school in New Orleans. She had to be escorted to school by four armed federal marshals at age six. Finally, the Freedom Riders, an integrated group of protesters traveling on interstate buses across the Deep South, were eventually protected by federal marshals and troops sent in by the Attorney General, Robert Kennedy, following vicious, brutal attacks by mobs of white men. So, although the protesters themselves were peaceful, they were met with violence and protected by armed federal troops because the protests did not remain peaceful, despite the nonviolent intentions of those initiating the protests. On the other hand, Some protests were violent in nature with that intention in mind. The most famous example of violent protests and resistance is the Black Panther Party and Malcolm X. Despite not founding the party himself, the ideologies and actions of Malcolm X, born Malcolm Little, inspired the founders of the Black Panthers and is notorious for his support for the Black Power movement. Similar to the general civil rights movement, Black Power and the Panthers advocated for the rights and safety of black Americans. Where these two movements differed were the methods and desired end result. Where the civil rights movement, led by Dr. King, focused on nonviolence and integration leading to eventual equality in a white America, the black power movement was known to be more militant and called for black self-reliance and defense, along with racial pride. 
They didn't want black people to have to conform to white standards and rules to have rights they should have already. Amidst death threats, Malcolm X continued to emphasize the importance of black self-determination and self-defense. He was assassinated by the Nation of Islam on February 21, 1965. The Black Panther Party was founded the following year by Huey P. Newton and Bobby Seale. Newton and Seale developed a 10-point program that demanded employment, an end to police brutality, and freedom. The Panthers were notorious for being militant and at times threatening and violent. One such example is when members in California brought guns to a staged protest in front of the state capitol, leading to restrictions on open carrying laws. Despite their militants, the goals of the Black Panthers wasn't to incite violence, but instead to promote self-defense from a nation that wanted their people dead. They patrolled black neighborhoods to prevent police violence and created programs of community service, including drug and alcohol abuse rehabilitation, self-defense classes, health and child care, and providing meals for children in poor neighborhoods. These two sides of protest continued throughout the 20th century into today's world. From the L.A. riots in the 90s to the protests around the country in the summer of 2020, civil unrest and protests continue to be present in the United States. Despite laws like the Civil Rights Act and the work of MLK and the Black Panthers, racism and police brutality continue to ravage the country. Following the beating of Rodney King by the LAPD in 1992, Southern Los Angeles erupted into violent protests, looting, and riots. A situation paralleled in Minneapolis this past May following the murder of George Floyd by Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin. Protests that were angry but peaceful turned violent when police became involved and many people were injured and some killed, illustrating the issue being protested in the first place. While the looting was originally thought to be part of the protest, it was later discovered that the violence was being started by police and white supremacy groups, along with general criminals taking advantage of the chaos, raising the questions of if the protests can even be considered violent and if they were effective. So, which is better? Nonviolence or fighting fire with fire? We have seen throughout history that even nonviolent protests can turn violent when those in opposition take advantage of protesters not being armed or intending to cause any harm to others or their property, or when police become involved. The presence of police or armed individuals trying to prevent violence make it more likely for people to get angry and act out. These initially peaceful demonstrations can quickly become riots if one side starts something, whether or not it was intentional. It is a high-stakes situation with many inherent dangers. After some period of nonviolent protests doing nothing, people may turn to violence simply because they have no other choice, or because self-defense is required. In some cases, this tension builds over years or decades of peaceful protests amounting to little or even no change. Following violence, whether from protesters or the opposition, more change starts to take place. There is always a desire for peace and equilibrium, so if that balance is upset, change will occur to try to stabilize society. It is for this reason that people argue on the effectiveness of violent protests, like destruction of property or looting. If protesters don't physically harm people and instead only inflict violence upon property or businesses, their point and refusal to sit by and wait peacefully will be recognized without people getting hurt. It, of course, isn't ideal, but in some cases, it is the only remaining option. Historically, nonviolent forms of protest are credited with cultivating change and being the reason for the success of the civil rights movement in achieving the goals of black Americans. However, it wouldn't have been possible without the likes of the black power movement and leaders like Malcolm X and Bobby Seale, and more people need to understand and recognize this. that is why you should care. 
That's all for today on Forms of Protest in this episode of OK, But Why? I'm Evie Poliak. Thank you for listening.